Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 54 with Michelle of Bombay to Brooklyn and more importantly, Same Skin community. You might remember Same Skin from when we did the branding earlier this last year and it is one of my favorite brands I've ever been able to work on and we really kind of get into that in today's episode. We also talk about Michelle's personal history and why she founded this organization all the way through to what she wants to manifest for years to come with this brand. So keep your eyes on Same Skin. Don't forget to follow at sameskin.co and read the stories on sameskincommunity.com. Enjoy the episode. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. So enjoy the episode. Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have another Michelle today. Hi, Michelle. Hi, I am so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to have you. So for those who don't know you, of course, they probably know your Instagram, Bombay to Brooklyn, and now also Same Skin Community. But can you tell us who you are, what you do, and how you started? Okay, so uh, my name is Michelle DeCesar. I grew up in Mumbai, India. I like to call it Bombay, and that's where I got my Instagram handle from. I now live in Brooklyn. I grew up as a shy, introverted girl, which you probably can tell now looking at my pictures. But um, my family, my mom and my grandpa, both worked in aviation. So I kind of grew up in that industry. And uh, when I realized I didn't want to do the top three Indian professions of like doctor, lawyer, engineer, I decided to go to flight school and become a pilot which led me to move to America at 18. And um, I got my license, saw what pilots made for a living here, and then decided to pivot. And now I work in private aviation in New York City. And personally, I am a digital content creator. I like to think of it as um, I'm like an infant digital content creator or in my infancy stages, you know. And um, I started Same Skin in 2020, which is how we met. Um, Same Skin is a digital storytelling platform for women of color who are going against the grain personally and professionally. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I live in New York City and I, um, you know, basically both my Instagram accounts talk about my self-actualization journey and uh, my unlearning. And I also make space for other women to share their stories. Absolutely. So let's rewind back to 2020, where you had this idea, or maybe this is an idea you've been sitting on for longer than just 2020. But how did you kind of go about like that road of saying, okay, I want to kind of give space to this, give space to these voices? How did that idea come about exactly? So in 2018, I lost my dad and my dog to cancer. So I joke and say 2018 was my 2020. And, um, It was such a tough year on me. And I, as I was going through my grief journey, I realized that one of the ways I was able to bring healing into my life, um, because if, you know, someone close to you dies, you lose all purpose. You're just like, what is the point of all of this? And I realized when other people were vulnerable and like strong enough to share their stories of loss and grief with me, I saw parts of myself in those stories. And I was able to 
uh, heal. Like they created space for me to heal. And just two years had passed, 2020 happened. My job came to a standstill because nobody was flying anywhere. And uh, there was so much fear and anxiety. None of us were defined by our jobs or titles anymore. And I was like, wow, what if I took that feeling and was able to extend that grace and space to other women where, you know, they could see parts of themselves in other stories and know that there is hope and create a sense of belonging. And I didn't know how to start. So I started with an Instagram account, like one post. And um, yeah, and here we are today. But the idea just came to me from, I want to say a Beyonce song and um, my own grief journey. Amazing. Amazing. We talk a lot about community with Same Skin, obviously, and and the mission statement as it is now is about being a digital storytelling platform. But community can mean a lot of things, unfortunately, because of the current circumstances of the world. It's not very often that it's meetups, but I think you you speak so well to the digital space and like digital community. So what does that kind of power of community mean to you in the context of Same Skin and maybe from your experience of building community on Bombay to Brooklyn? Um, how did, did you bridge the gap between those two things of like, here's what lives here. And now I've got this new endeavor over there and the communities are probably pretty similar, right? Yes, they are pretty similar. Community to me just means a space where you can find belonging and connection. And I think as human beings, that's all we really want, like you know, from the time we're born, we're just looking to connect and belong, whether it's in our small social circles or, you know, religion, things like that. And for me, just when I started being vulnerable online and talking about my unlearning and talking about things that were, you know, ruffling feathers with certain people, a lot of people would DM me and they would say, you know, hey, I feel similarly. People were sharing pictures of their parents' um, illness or, you know, like when their parents were hospitalized with me and I was just like, wow, I'm a total stranger. And it was very heavy, but people just needed like a space to be seen and heard. And I think that to me is the power of community where you could just, you could share stories with similar like-minded people. And in creating Same Skin and Bombay to Brooklyn, I have now learned that uh, community also somehow helps you collaborate with like-minded people and just like broadens your perspective, in turn, broadening others' perspective. And it, you know, just helps us create the tiny world we all aspire to live in. Totally. I think, again, you come from such an interesting perspective with that, of, of having grown up in India, then moving to the U.S., I, on the flip side, grew up in the U.S. my whole life. I grew up in San Diego, which is pretty progressive, and went to like a private Catholic university. But I think our their big word, which we would laugh at as a student body, was diversity. Like that was their core value. That was their mission was like diversity of thought, diversity of experience, diversity of just all, all aspects. And so as part of that, part of the liberal arts education was making sure that you took like world religion classes and you took feminism in religion and you took all these different intersectional, you know, gender studies, all of these, which were really kind of pre, I feel like that was the precursor to the conversations that we then had in like 2018, 2019 and 2020, really in 2020 with BLM and everything that went on um, over the summer 
So I think that you've got, again, like this really interesting perspective. And I know this is a bit of a sidebar, but I felt so blessed that you trusted us with your branding. And when I say us, I mean myself and my team, because these are the values that I believe in. But I think sometimes I struggle as like a white woman feeling like I can totally like you never want to come off as someone who's like trying to be a try hard about championing people that are, you're not, you don't fit that box. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it's like to grow up with two different cultures. I don't have like, I'm not racially, you know, um, discriminated against mm-hmm. as a, a white person. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really interesting. And I, I'm so humbled by, and so honored that like you could see that like you wanted to work with me and my team, which is a very diverse team as well. Um, but that didn't affect the way that we approached your branding. I know that's a big, that's not even a question. Oh, it, <laughs> it did not. But I want to get into that part. I want to get into that. Yes, because I think what, uh, so for me, it wasn't, you know, I have a few friends that will only give their work to women of color or people of color. Sure. And while I totally stand behind that, for me, it was more for somebody who could like align and see my vision. I come from a very technical background, aviation. And here I was dipping my toes in the creative world. And I found you on TikTok. And then you did work with Lindsay Silverman, who lives in Brooklyn. So like I made that. And Lisette. And Lisette, yes. And so, but before Lisette was Lindsay and I made that connection and you guys did Hotel Lobby Candle. I ordered those candles like last, last December and I loved everything about it. It wasn't me, but I love, I saw Lindsay in it. And so for me, that kind of sealed the deal. And just in what you did with my branding, I have so many women come up to me and just say, oh my God, like they've noticed the change. And that's what I wanted because, you know, sometimes the topics we talk about, not always can be heavy and nobody wants to, you know, you just gloss over the heavy stuff because we have enough heavy shit already. Mm -hmm. And I, Mm -hmm. I knew there was something in me that just knew you would, you would deliver and you did. And I'm so, so, so grateful for TikTok. Oh my gosh. So grateful for TikTok. And we'll get into that too. But I think that that, um, to go maybe backwards to when you were finding my videos, I think that's probably a good deal to do with me. My philosophy of how I approach design is very much like, I'm just the vehicle. Like I'm the vehicle to take your visions and materialize them. And I'm just kind of like the technician that's getting it done in a way. But with my art history background, I was like, oh, I want to go all in on this project because a lot of what I studied was Western art. And there's this huge discrepancy between what we put in academia and what is we actually learn about. I think we talked about that a lot in 2020. And you talk about this unlearning and like, you know, getting yourself exposed to m- multiple perspectives. And I remember taking classes and them saying like, we can't even touch Eastern art because there's not enough like academia on it yet. Like there was even enough to touch into, but in studying 60s and 70s minimalism, which is like my favorite era of design, they talk about minimalism as being like the antithesis of culture. And I think when I learned that, it was such a like, oh my gosh, yeah, like what? Because it was the standardization and the sterilization of anything that felt intricate. And so with your branding, I was like, oh, we have to go in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. We have to go just like vibrant and rich and saturated and patterned and ornate because that carries so much significance for in culture and in practice and in tradition that 
again, I didn't experience because that wasn't my growing up. That's not my like family, anything like my parents for Heritage Day literally dressed us up in red, white and blue when we were little kids. They're like, you're American. Yeah. Like, sorry. <laughs> like Because we're just such a mishmash of mutts. Like we've been living in California for like seven generations. Like, oh, wow. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not I, I didn't have this. So I was so excited to dive into that and like doing the history of it. That I was so excited to hear that that was what you didn't know you were looking for, but that's what yeah. you got. <laughs> I was like, I was having this abstract baby that you were able to birth into reality. So I'm so grateful for that. But there's so, so much interesting. And especially maybe you can tell us a little bit of like what you remember growing up in India of, of like the importance of pattern and color and, and just flavor. There's so much more flavor and we both love spicy food. So we had that that great discussion. So I feel like it's somewhere in there. (laughs) You know what, you know, it's crazy Um, growing up and it was not only, it was my dad who instilled this, like my room had cabinets that were red and yellow. And I grew up thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, who, like, what is happening here? Right. But it was just, he, he loved color. Everything was, and all the color in India is very overly saturated. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just a different orange, a different yellow. And I think a lot of this, just from learning it now as an adult, I think that when we were ruled by the British, right, not only did they steal from us financially, they stole from us on a very cellular level to where like they stole our self-worth and our identity. And so we have all this rich vibrancy. We have these spices that you see in every makeup brand now that's like helping everyone stay younger and, you know, healthier and things like that. And we have all of this in our backyard and we still like we almost just don't give it enough value and we aspire to the West. And that I think is the saddest part. Um, And in like, so for me, and that's kind of how I grew up. And that's what I'm trying to unlearn on very on like on a very big scale where it's like, wow, no, I come from all this amazing stuff. And today I am able to say, I am proud of who I am as a woman. And it comes from my Indian upbringing, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and, but like 18 me, I was aspiring to move to America and be American. Right. It's so, and the world gets so much smaller too. I feel like our generation hit this really great time of like, I spent three years almost nonstop traveling and was just zipping all around and and being in new cultures and eating new food and being new places where I didn't speak the language and like how, what a humbling experience that is in a lot of ways. But you talked about being a cycle breaker and kind of a course changer of not following these traditional Indian roles of doctor, lawyer. You said doctor, lawyer, there was one more. Engineer. engineer. Doctor, yeah. lawyer, engineer, <laughs> and going more towards aviation. So how was that already kind of like your first time, like kind of upsetting a norm or kind of had you fallen into that maybe in your earlier years as well? So, you know, uh, I grew up very disciplined because my dad run, ran like a military household, you know, like home at eight, like things like that. And I never wanted to displease my parents. But I think in picking aviation, I unconsciously was going that route. And mm-hmm. when I moved here, I said, I found a whole new world and a whole new way of living where you can almost be. And I do give the American way of life credit for that, where you can like be your own person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of cultures out east are very codependent you know your relationships and so I was like wow I can actually be my own person here and that's that was my like rebellious phase and uh, I decided to stay on and in doing so I think I, I 
I would like to say that I am a course changer slash cycle breaker. And I know that sounds a little pompous, but um, I didn't know back then. In doing so, I was just doing what felt right for me because I just wanted to break free. And um, I, again, stuck with aviation because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, you still have to aspire to like a financially glorious career. And um, when I decided, when I moved up here, I moved to New York and decided, wow, this is where I want to live. I realized you need a lot of money to live here. Mm -hmm. And um, so I pivoted in aviation. But in terms of like, I didn't, you know, my relationship with Brad, and now that's a lot of relationships right now, or marriages, it was very equal parts. Like I wasn't caving into the, you know, the Eastern, like, oh, let me do everything for you kind of role. And I think I, between that and between how I approach like my, my relationships with my mom now, or, you know, my, um, I broke a cycle of like a, abuse or like my dad suffered with alcoholism and all those things were I had to make different decisions to not continue that into my life those patterns and I think in doing that I um wronged like you know wronged a lot of people because that's just in in my family but today I'm just like wow this is who I want to be. And there's so many women like me who are like on the verge of doing it, but they're so afraid of losing family or those old relationships that they don't. And then in turn, they sacrifice their own lives for it. And it just doesn't make any sense, you know? So I'm hoping that um, I can lead by example in my small ways and then collect like a giant group of women who yes. can, you know, who are doing the same thing and then we can sort of move the needle and change. Totally. I think the the most beautiful thing about what you're doing with Same Skin is you're just collecting giant case studies. Mm-hmm. Like this is a giant case study for all these people with that classic saying of like, it's evolve or repeat. Either you're going to evolve past this thing that you're struggling with or overcome this obstacle, or you're kind of doomed to kind of repeat it or, or be on the same path and get stuck. And, and the beauty of like being able to see someone who was stuck, get unstuck mm-hmm. or find like, wake up and decide like, nah, I'm not going to put up with this anymore is beautiful. And even in reading the the stories from the site, like seeing people battle with their identity or battle with um, their sexuality or their physical ability, right? Like you've got mm-hmm. a few stories about this as well and how they've kind of taken that and, and re regained that in a way, like reclaimed it, I think is so beautiful because like you said, this is, that is the thing that America's got going for us. It's kind of this land of opportunity. You can be anything you want. And I got really lucky that that was the way that my parents raised me because they always said like, anything you want to do, you can do it. And you might as well study something and do something for work that makes you happy. And then everything else will come. Like everything else will fall into place. That is so incredible. I got really lucky and all my sisters did as well. Like we really truly got lucky because we didn't have like a pressure like you're talking about of like, this is the path and this is what you have to do. Because my mom started her business when she had five kids under the age of 10 and zero experience. Wow. And so she started doing interior design as a hobby. My dad was working a marketing job nine to five. He was miserable. He's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And her business started to take off. So when I was 12, they did a total like 180. So then my mom became working mom and my dad was stay at home dad. And I was just at their like company Christmas party just now. And my my mom made some crack about like, yeah, we love supporting because one of the contractors that they work with, she's like, we love supporting woman owned business. And my dad goes, me too. (laughs) 
And, and it was just so, it was such a cute moment of like here they've, they had to reassign their own identity mm-hmm. as well as individuals in their forties, like in their late thirties, wow. early forties and totally swap. And my mom, like, she didn't know what she was doing. This is like pre-internet where you could like just look everything up and she freaking figured it out. So with the two of them, if they didn't kind of like kick me in the butt, like, yeah, start something. I probably would have gotten had a job and been fine. But they said, no, no, you're onto something with this design stuff. Like you should just do it. And so that was 2014. Yeah. I mean, that story right there. And they were cycle breakers or course changers, Uh you know? Uh And so, yeah, I mean, that is just for you to have to to be able to grow up and like look look at them as examples, that's incredible. And I remember doing this when I was like 13, 14 years old and like going to work with my mom was she the first thing she bought herself was like a red convertible and a Volvo convertible. And we'd get into the convertible and we'd go drive to a client's house, have a consultation, go to Home Goods, go get a manicure, run some errands, come back, and then she'd do all of her emails at night. And for me, that's what like working was. Cause like at that time, I'm high school and I'm like, oh, like I can see myself doing this, like totally. So I always, even though I went to university, the whole thing, I kind of in the back of my head was like lifestyle first, work second. That's incredible. <laughs> and like, let me figure it out first. So again, same thing with this work remote and and travel around. Well, and, now it's the norm. Right. Now it's the norm. But even in 2017, when I was starting to go on these trips, they were predicting that 33% of the American workforce was going to be remote workers by 2025. Oh, wow. So that was already headed that direction. So it's so funny that it just sped everything up, mm-hmm. sped everything up. And then the, also the great blessing to kind of come out of this whole time, weird, weird time that we're in is this like learning and unlearning and, and exposing yourself to different people and different cultures and, and, and this idea of identity, right? Because like, lucky for me, my, my identity as being like a creative and an entrepreneur, I didn't have to to change that much really like my day-to-day is pretty much what it was four years ago still walk my dog send some emails do some zooms work for myself like make some TikToks. I didn't have co-workers make some tiktoks i didn't have co-workers i wasn't commuting like my life didn't get that disrupted um but for a lot of people it was and like you said when you can't attach your your oh what do you do mm-hmm. to who you are anymore that can be shattering Do you know how that is so pivotal? Like, I feel like everybody should ask themselves this question. Who am I without the job title? Mm -hmm. Who am I without being mom or wife or, you know, Mm -hmm. and that will reveal where you need to do your work. Absolutely. And we kicked it off at the beginning of this episode. I said who you are, what you do and how you started, like who you are and what you do. It just is almost like on autopilot that we say these two things together. But I don't, I, I need to creatively think on some alternatives on that one, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, you know, that's a good, but that's a good way to like, you know, introduce someone. Right. But, it's context. you know, I think, yeah, there you go. Yeah. But personally, you should look in the mirror and ask yourself this question. I think that's a, a really good idea. A really good idea. Uh, you talk a lot in your personal journey on your social media and kind of what spurred the same skin conversation is channeling grief into purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So you talk about your 2018 being your 2020. And with the idea with same skin, it seems like this felt like an idea that you had to do. I don't know if you're Elizabeth. Isn't it Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic? Ooh, have you read Big know. Magic? No, okay, so this is your homework. Should I? You have to, you have to read okay. Big Magic. <laughs> Big Magic, the premise is every idea is is a being in itself and it's looking for a host. 
So these ideas, they like will inhabit a host and it's your job to either bring that idea to fruition or it's going to move on to somebody else. And like, I'm not a spiritual person, but like this resonated with me because I was like, oh, oh wow. that's totally that feeling of, oh my gosh, I had that idea or, oh my gosh, this person copied me, but I never did it. Like that kind of weird but kind of like these orbs or something that like pops from person to person. I'm a total spiritual nut. So okay. that makes complete sense. It makes sense. sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. So when you think of same skin, it seems as though from, again, my perspective, looking at it, it's like this idea that you couldn't not bring to fruition mm-hmm. because it was, it was just a calling. Right there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was the calling. And I, because it wasn't a product, I kind of hesitated because I didn't know what I was like. What am I making? Emotion? Yeah. You know? <laughs> And so, and then, so I wrote a few close friends and uh, one of them wrote back and she was like, who cares? Just started. I sent out an email and I started an Instagram account and that was where, you know, and I felt a little weird at first because, you know, I'm like, what, like, I'm not Oprah. Like, what am I trying to do (laughs) from my couch in Brooklyn? But um, it just, in the beginning, it attracted so many stories of racism and, um, you know, and sexual like awareness and healing and assaults and things like that, that was happening globally, where I thought, wow, there's got to be like something here, you know? And um, yeah, so how I did think- you, how did you land on the name Same Skin? Because there's a story to that as well. Yes. Have we ever discussed this? Uh, you've told me, but we haven't said it on the podcast yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I don't, I, honestly, it really came from a Beyonce song. Right. And she can come after me when I'm really famous. But uh, <laughs> I think she'll um, let you. I, I think she'll let you do what you're doing. She'll let me slide. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> she'll let it go. Um, but as to me, it, the the name kind of it celebrate. It just has so much meaning to it. One, it's to me, it means celebrating sameness in diversity and or sameness in you know you and me because we're so. We're all one, spiritual, not alert. And we have we're the same just, name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think because, okay, our stories of success, of loss, of, um, you know, failure, hope, belonging, it's all the same. We're just like experiencing it from our perspective, you know? And um, there was that. And it also kind of, for me, it was man, woman, whatever. It didn't matter. Like, we're, we all share the same almost like DNA. And I wanted people to know that just because you're a woman, and I know this sounds so like 1960s, but like just because you're a woman, you're not less than, or just because the melanin in your skin is, you know, like higher or lower, it doesn't make you inferior or superior. And I think that name kind of just encompassed it all. Right. And it just said, yeah, so it was just, and it kind of rolled off my tongue and I was like, okay, this is what, because also I didn't want it to be very specific to brown people. Yes. And yes, not taking away from it, but I wanted this to be, you know, a community for everyone. And I felt like if I, if it had any other like name um, word in it, it would, then it was also kind of like, you know, it was like a separation. Because there's that interesting line between you want to be niche, but you want to be broad. So it's how can we make this an open for everyone, but still talking about 
something that's consistent to all, which I think you do in a really smart way by having these categories of stories. So having um, grief, having resilience, having career, having family, having all of these different categories, those are things that you can kind of see what the common denominators are, regardless of your background, regardless of the melanin in your skin, regardless of your, even your age, your socioeconomic Mm -hmm. background. Like these are such like innately human things that it's beautiful to have a place for all of them to exist, right? You're not going to like discount one because it doesn't check all the boxes, um, but they kind of can exist together. 100%. Are you an armchair expert podcast fan? No, I'm not a very big. Okay. I've done like four <laughs> podcasts this year, but I'm not a big <laughs> podcast listener. No. Full okay. <laughs> well, I will give you a short list of the episodes you must, must, must listen to. Okay. And one of the ones, one of my favorite ones is Dax Shepard, armchair expert. I walk my dog a lot. This is how I listen to so many podcasts. Okay, there you go. So, um, and we walk sometimes for like five, six, seven, eight, nine miles. No problem. And I'll just oh, listen the whole time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also um, live in California. So like, exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. The weather is great. Mm-hmm. So they had a psychologist on, and I think she was a psychologist, and I should look it up and put it in the show notes of this episode. I probably will. But they were talking about manifestation and probability. And Monica, the co-host, she basically, her whole ups like coming up story was that she used to be the babysitter for Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell. And so she like, she super, super adored Kristen Bell and was like so happy to be there. And basically they all became really close because she was the babysitter. And then her and Dax host this podcast together. And she goes, it's just so crazy that I like, how did I end up here? Like there's, because this, like this psychologist was saying the idea of everything happens for a reason is bullshit, which I want to hear your take on this because I, I know you're a spiritual person. She's like, everything happens for a reason is bullshit because you have to think of the common denominator of how many times things didn't work out the way you wanted. Because the the f- greatest fallacy is that in hindsight, we as individuals look back on all the things that happened as like being so linear towards the result that we wanted that we forget that there's not only were there a ton of times that it didn't happen that way, but there are also a ton of people that it didn't happen for. And in the context of this, she's talking about Monica becoming on the podcast with Dax. She's like, how did all of these things line up so that I could be here when I never in a million years thought I could be here. So it's it's so interesting to me because same thing with like, I think about the clients I get to work with and the stories I get to help tell and the people I get to connect with being like, wow, it is crazy that all the stars aligned in this way and like, this is how it panned out. But then again, how many times did it not? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. What do you think about that? It is. I am a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Okay. Okay. Um, because everything happens for a reason in terms of, I think, I'm also a believer that we all have a soul contract. Okay. Let me start. Oh, okay. Re- okay. I'm interested. Re- I'm interested. Rewind. I'm interested. Let me okay. start with, I believe that we all have soul family, right? So you're born into your close-knit family that you're blood related to, but then the women or... I say women because I'm so like same skin oriented. The people you meet outside of that, that you just instantly connect with, or you're like, oh, you seem so familiar, or, you know, I've known, it feels like I've known you forever because you, you have. And Lizette, mm. this is, it's real. This is her this is her, wait, this is her line. When we did the same skin rebrand, one of my friends said to her, hi, she said, hi, I'm Lizette. And the girl said, wow, you feel so familiar. And Lizette turns around and goes, uh, she's like, I feel like I've I known you. I know you from somewhere. She's like, yeah, probably from a past life. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, that sounds oh, like the same. Okay. <laughs> right? But so easy. I think that we all, okay, 
this is what I believe in. We all come here with certain soul contracts that we're like here to execute. Okay. And I think that the people we meet are here to help facilitate that. So yeah, some things don't work out, but in the for our greater good that we don't even know or can comprehend. Sure. I think in those terms, things work out for, you know, a reason and everything happens for a reason. I mean, I could I could see both ways, but I strongly, strongly believe that. And only after my dad passed have I developed this like total spiritual connection where anything I truly, truly ask for or desire or, you know, reach out to spiritually to like my entire spiritual family or guides, I get not not in the way that I have like thought about or manifested Mapped it for yourself. Yeah. yeah. But uh, a version of it. Would you agree that that comes more naturally when you're aligned with your identity and you have confidence and you feel that you're supported like just in the world? Yes. A million percent. I think what most of us, when we're going through like, you know, the low, the low realms of our existence we forget that we're all supported. And um, I think that in being more self-actualized and being kind of, you know, comfortable in who, in your identity and who you are and what you're here to do or what kind of life you're here to live, I think you're able to build that stronger connection and almost like have this reassurance that like something out there has your back. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing with putting, like, wanting, putting the lifestyle that you want ahead of the career that you want, need to have. Mm-hmm. For me, like, it was like, okay, I want to be able to walk my dog when I want. And I want to be able to take a nap when I don't feel good. And I want to, if I get really excited on something, stay up till two or three in the morning and do it. Because that, to me, gets me fired up. So then it gives me more capacity to deal with the things that are difficult. So to deal with, um, like, getting a parking ticket today. Where am I mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's not yeah. like it's going to stretch yep. me so bad. It was just a mistake. And it, I'm not hard on myself because I'm not, I feel in control of the income that I make, or I feel in control of making the decisions that I do because the other stuff comes easily and naturally. That being said, like when you feel like you're not good at things and maybe you're like me in this way, there are a few areas in my life that I feel like I'm truly not good at. And, oh, I hate talking about them. <laughs> I, it like sends shivers because I'm like, oh, like, and it's Name turned one. into like a comical dating. <laughs> it's turned into like a comical thing now because I do it with my friends on and I'll tell them about these like horrendous dates that I go on. But now it's like my shtick. Now I'm like the single girl that's going on these horrible Bumble dates. And now that's like in a weird way, reverse ego boost of like, oh, now it's like a funny thing that I do. So now that makes it okay. Like you have to bring it. (laughs) Right. Like I've got, they're like, oh, I just love your story, your dating stories. And I was like, well, at least I've got something to contribute because all you guys are in like long, long long-term relationships. So that's like, that's a funny thing too of, of, where we feel we're strong versus where we feel we're weak. And I think if I can step outside of myself, it would be like, okay, well, why do you, like, how do you balance those scales a little bit more, right? Where you don't have to be all work all the time, but I like my work and I enjoy my work and I drive so much value from my work that it's really affirming to lean into work when I don't feel like I'm doing a good job at other things. Do you feel that way? Mm, Yes, I felt that way. But I think your work is more passion-driven Yes. So yes. not I think. I know your work is more passion driven yes. as opposed to I felt that way when I just had this like career, make money, have these goals, right? Transactional. Tw- yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, these societal goals. Married at 25, home at 27, whatever, kids at 30. I skipped that one. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
I felt that way my entire 20s where I was just like, okay, if the other parts of my life are going to suck, I'm just going to be so good at what I do for a living that it's all going to be okay. And then when the world halted and when, you know, my grief came knocking, I was like, holy fuck, none of this matters. And so I think, yeah, a lot, but we all do that. And I think, you know, we all have our like come to Jesus moments. Totally. And I think that what, what a cool time to exist in where it's not only that you have one role, right? This is the intersectionality of it. This is the identity of it. This is what you're talking about. You don't have to disclaimer who you are with what you do anymore. Like you can be who you are and you can showcase who you are and you can have interests outside of the thing that makes you money or the person that you're dating or whatever. Like there's, there are so, people are so much more multifaceted than that. Yes. And I strongly, strongly believe that because, um, and this is where I think social media is a great outlet. Like there's a lot of horror stories, but I'm like the, the amounts of people that have started businesses that are thriving on it, you know, I see that firsthand and uh, you would never have that connection, that access without this world, but I'm not ready. We wouldn't be connected without it. A thousand percent. Not ready to move into the metaverse yet though. (sighs) Yeah. Metaverse is something else. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous and intrigued both parts. Both parts. But I think to your point, like there is so much to be gained by leaning into who you are. But it's also a thing of the greatest compliment to me is when someone meets me, they're like, wow, you're exactly like you are online. Mm -hmm. Or your blogs sound like the way that you talk. Or you send emails like I can hear your voice. I'm like, yeah, I hope so. Like, duh. (laughs) Like, I hope so. (laughs) Because how disappointing is it to meet somebody that you thought that they were different than they are? Oh, I'm sure people have that experience all the time, though. You don't think? Right. Oh, totally. Totally. I think we also kind of went through this phase of like, you know, people of influence online that, um, okay, now there are people that are very real online, or at least the people I follow, I consciously follow. Same. Right. But we all went through this like 2012 through 2018 phase where people were just perfectly put together in their giant homes and, you know, and it just like their perfect outfits and their perfect dog and their perfect latte. And it's like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people have had that experience. And I get that a lot. People also say to me, you're a lot taller than you look online. I'm like, I get that too. (laughs) Do I need like a lower angle? What's happening? Right? Right? No, I get that too. I get that too. It's a it's a good point though, because I think this is what's been so interesting to me about TikTok, because I think TikTok brought back the energy that Instagram started to lose about like the authenticity bit or about like keeping up with the algorithm yes. or optimizing your posts and, and feeling this great demand to all the time be on. And TikTok really kind of broke down those walls. So I'm super excited that we're doing TikTok for Same Skin finally. I am excited about that too. That just feels like such a good fit. But how do you, maybe let's give some advice. What what do you advise people on if they want to start growing a community on Instagram and they're feeling kind of like up against Goliath when mm. it comes to their marketing? Oh, when it comes to, okay. So I think, not a marketing expert, but I think you just have to lean into your story. Because from my personal experience, people connect with people. Mm -hmm. And um, when you can tell somebody who you are in terms of your story, someone's going to see that their reflection in a part of it. And, you know, that's where that's how you build community to me. In this new digital world that we live in, I think like human, like humanity is the new premium. 
You know, I think we're headed that way. And um, I think in terms of marketing, you just have to, storytelling is my big, you know, that's like kind of what I lean into all the time. Tell a story because, and I did a public speaking uh, course last year and all it said was, anytime you're talking about something, you have to tell a story because that's, you know, people learn from firsthand experiences. Absolutely. As do I. And, you know. That's just And it's it's less of what you did for someone, it's more about how you made them feel. Right, emotion. I read this book that Emma Givens told me to read, the copywriter, and it talked about how Nike just all their ads are just emotion. They just invoke emotion like you don't even see any Nike product. And I didn't really think about it. And I was like, holy shit, yeah. And you know, you know that emotion Nike invokes in you. And so I think that you can tap into that through storytelling. So if, if you could summarize same skin mm-hmm. as three emotions that you want people to walk away and say, okay, either they saw the Instagram, they read a story, they, in 2022, came to a very uh, COVID-friendly event. God, they, I, I could see I could see same skin getting, I want to see you host a same skin retreat in Mumbai, like, and actually host people. I would love that. Oh my God. Okay, well, I want to come. So sign me up because okay. I've always wanted to go to India and doing something that was really like for some, a festival or Diwali maybe like, mm-hmm. and really have it be this celebration and kick off and bring people together from all corners of the world that just want to get to know other women in that way. Like I could see that for this brand. So if you could summarize like the feelings that you want people to have when they interact with your brand, what would they be? Belonging. That's my big one. I want people to just feel a sense of belonging when they are interacting with it or walk away from it. Um, I don't know if this is a feeling, but I want them to feel vibrant about life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That's two. Three. Hmm. What do I want? I want people to feel a sense of hope because I feel like we are in this lull right now where we're just like, you know, hanging. And um, there's... There's so much more in store for us. And I think that, you know, once we're past this little hump, I just want people to feel hopeful about how much more life has to offer. And whether it's digitally or in person, there's just so many more experiences, so much more love, so much more just joy and happiness waiting for us on the other side. And that's kind of what I want them to, you know, take away when they walk away from same skin, because along with the heavy stuff, all of this kind of coexists. And that's like, just creating space for that duality. That has been my biggest thing. Cause it's like, which we totally baked into the branding. Yes. I love hearing like, you say this. Bring your sorrow, bring your joy and it yes. can coexist. It can coexist. And the, the hope and the optimism and in the submark we have this specifically of like that unopened lily flower, yes. right. Where it's like, it's not bloomed yet, mm-hmm. but it's so close. And with like a little bit of nurturing and a little bit of care and attention, like it's going to blossom into something amazing. And that I think is so representative of not only the times that we're in, but the, the sentiment, like you were just describing of this feeling of like, even if I can't see the potential of it all the way through from where I'm sitting, I can have the idea of it being good mm-hmm. and being wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's just, this was one of the best brands, I think, of 2021 that we designed. Oh. Of 20, yeah, because we did it in 2021. I mean, it was all you, but thank you. Yeah, the, it really that TikTok was. Like, with you, you posted of me on the couch. Yes. Forever lives yes. in, that's like one thing that lives run free in my head. Yes. Where? Perfect. <laughs> yes. It's amazing because it's just, it's one of the things that came, I think as soon as I heard you start to describe it, I could already see and like 
smell it. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I can like, I, but it just, it had like this vibrance, this depth to it. Like it had texture. It had, and I think as a designer, those are the things that are so fun to play with because it's so not done. It's so everybody's, oh, minimalism. I want really sleek. I want really clean. I want just really basic, like monochromatic colors. That's never been my vibe. And so to be able to really lean into this super cultural, super vibrant, super saturated, super celebratory branding that still had context and meaning and grit and depth was like just the ultimate challenge. It was so fun. I Like it came so naturally. Just watching you. And I uh, shared the video. I, sent, I sent you this text. I shared... Everybody had the same response. We're like, oh, I have no critiques. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just going to say that to her. (laughs) (laughs) That's No, that is the best case scenario. That is absolutely the best case scenario because I think we were on the same wavelength. And and like I said, and I'll circle back to it again, like I saw your vision and I'm so grateful that you trusted me and trusted my team to like deliver on that vision because I think it's something that's so worthy. And it's been so incredible to work with like Josefina, who's Latina and on our team and Gabby, who's Korean and black and to work with just to pull together this really cool team of diverse experiences. They like, get I mean, it. Right. Right. Yep. But it, it's not, it's also in hindsight, it's not like I sought them out because of their right. cultural identity. Mm-hmm. I sought them out because they were talented. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. This looks, this is great. Like we've got such a great diverse group here that all brings something different to the table. And I'm so grateful that I can have those candid conversations with them because I think not enough people are, number one, and not enough white women are, to be honest. Like, I think people get really shy, get really, they don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, But I think if your heart's in the right place and you're trying to learn and you're trying to like share opportunity with everyone, then that's where we should be going. I agree a thousand percent. I love this conversation. Me too. I'm like, can we just keep going? But before before we end, I did write like three takeaways or maybe four. Please. Yes, please. Because, you know, like, like to be specific. Okay. Of course. These are my takeaways in life and like things I'm working on too. So I'm not preaching, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to walk your journey of self-actualization or unlearning alone. This kind of leans into the soul family. Um, also, people that you meet that, you know, you kind of um vibe with they're all I like to think of them as like you're all cut from the same cosmic cloth okay so you know like this you could be you could be wherever in the world you could still be connected sure like that one when you get that tingly feeling or something brings you joy do not be afraid to go after it even if it doesn't bring you financial success overnight yes that was a big one that's a big one in the Indian culture to 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 learn (laughs) okay okay you belong it's okay to exist in your duality. Life isn't just about your achievements. Mm-hmm. And the last one, think of the legacy you want to leave behind and start showing up to your life accordingly. Yeah. That's kind of what oh, has shifted my, that. you know, my mindset. That's the be the change you want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. That's the, if you, if you don't, if it's not apparent to you, then make it. Right. So. Right. And your legacy doesn't have know. to be like this big, you know, uh, a thing that you have to accomplish. It could just be how you make people feel when they're around you. Feel. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the mission that we're working towards. Like, and that's the mission I talked to my team about is like, how can we deliver and blow the socks off these clients so they feel seen and heard and valued? And they they feel confident in their business to take it out into the world. Because once we're done with the logo, it's like 
it's theirs to do deal with, (laughs) you know what I mean? But if we can make it as perfect to what they need as, as possible, then that's for the better. And that's, that's what our job is. And that's what our job is with marketing as well Is like, how do we bring these ideas to light and like help bring them to where they're supposed to be? Because if not us, someone else. Right. But also that's what you did with same skin. Cause we had this conversation where I felt everything was redundant and now I'm excited when I see a post from same skin, I'm excited. I'm excited to share it, repost it. And that really just fuels my passion even more. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes mm-hmm. like those long nights a little easier, you know? Yeah. And it's about the evolution too, because it can't be stagnant. This is not a brand that can just like sit back and do the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about really listening to your audience and your community and what they need. And then also delivering something that feels like it's a worthy follow. It feels like a worthy place to spend your time of like reading the stories or interacting with people or DMing through the account. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of how can everyone find same skin and how can they connect with you if they want to submit a story or get involved in any way? How would you like them to do so? You can find us on Instagram at sameskin.co. Our website is sameskincommunity.com. You can, so starting January, we're accepting story submissions and we have a few categories on the website. So, you know, just pick one, email your story in and we'll most definitely publish it. And let's see what else. My last plug here is going to be, if you want to support women of color, you have to put your money where your mouth is and you have to support their businesses. And if you can't support it uh, with your dollars, amplify their, their businesses, their stories, send it to a friend who can, you know, or gift it during the holidays, because that's just how, that's the only way we can actually change anything Mm -hmm. it's social social currency social currency yep absolutely oh i love it i loved everything we talked about like we said we had no problem filling almost an entire hour (laughs) (laughs) so we hope you enjoyed this episode and definitely check back for the show notes i'm going to link you big magic and the episode that i like from armchair expert because those are both um i think you'd really enjoy both of those Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Big magic. Any last like big goals for same skin, any manifestations you want to just throw out in the universe so we can, we can look back on this in six months and be like, remember when you said, (laughs) Oh yes. Uh, My biggest manifestation is to just create some amazing merch in 2022 that people are actually excited about wearing. Hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah. So, Oh my gosh. I can't wait. So excited. Okay. Michelle, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Friday evening in New York City. Happy holidays because we're recording this right before Christmas. And we'll catch you later. All right. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.